Chapter 15. In which Howl goes to a funeral in disguise. The dog man carried up heavily on Sophie's... Nope, that's not what it says. No, no, no. The dog man curled up <laughs> heavily on Sophie's toes when she went back to her sewing. Perhaps he was hoping she would manage to lift the spell if he stayed close to her. When a big red bearded man burst into the room carrying a box of things and shed his velvet cloak to become Michael. Still carrying a box of things, the dogman rose up and wagged his tail. He let Michael pat him and rub his ears. Do you know where you are? You are in an endless epic. And here there be dragons. Welcome back, ladies, gentlemen, creatures of all distinctions and distinguished natures. Uh, we are back once again into the depths, the bowels of Howl's Moving Castle. We're about halfway through. Yes, we are. We are about halfway through the book. And uh, there have been some minor, minor occurrences. Um, a very important person to Howl has passed away. Yes. And uh, minor occurrences, jeez. And uh, and now uh, Sophie has a dog, who is also a man, who is a man dog. Man dog, yeah. Dog man. Uh, I think he quick, prefers. Quick shout out to my YouTube channel where I'm talking about dog men. Um, <laughs> right now, so tied tied right in, didn't it? My gosh. Yeah, uh, it's almost as if we wrote the book in intention to promote. It's like we planned this, because we did. Yeah, we, we did. we're definitely that well we, together. We are that far uh we're not we're not advanced. recording this episode at four in the morning the the day that it's supposed to come out nope on patreon no and, you, no, and no, no one will be able to prove otherwise so right just right. saying so why don't you go ahead and pick up on your line there my friend <clears throat> i shall i hope he stays michael said i've always wanted a dog Howell heard Michael's voice. He arrived downstairs wrapped in brown patchwork cover in the brown patchwork cover of his bed. Sophie stopped sewing and took a careful grip on the dog. But the dog was courteous to Howell too. He did not object when Howell fetched a hand out of the cover coverlet and patted him. Well Howell croaked dispersing clouds of dust as he conjured some more tissues. I got everything, said Michael. And there's a real piece of luck, Hal. There's an, an empty shop for sale down in Market Chipping. It used to be a hat shop. Do you think we could move the castle there? Howl sat a stool like a robed Roman senator and considered. It depends how much it costs. He said. It's a weird howl. I don't know what I'm doing with him right now. <laughs> All right, distinguished Roman senator. That's what he's doing. Yeah, apparently. Trying to be very Greek. Well, I'm trying to get him to sound sick, but I don't think I'm doing a very good job of it. I don't want to go too far because I feel like you're going to be so. Um, 
uh, I'm quite tempted to move the Port Haven entrance there. Uh, that sounds weird too. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm already doing it. That won't be easy because it, uh, because it will mean moving Calcifer. Port Haven is where Calcifer is. What do you say, Calcifer? That doesn't even sound like how. I don't know. Yeah, no, means. it doesn't. <clears throat> it would take very careful operation to move me. Calcifer said he had become several shades paler at the thoughts. I think you should leave me where I am. So, voices are top notch. <laughs> spectacular. So, Fanny is selling the shop, Sophie thought. As the other three went down, went on discussing the move, and so much for the con conscience Howell said he had. But the main thing on her mind was the puzzling behavior of the dog. In spite of Sophie telling him many times that he should not, that he, telling him many times that she could not take this spell off him. I guess tonight we're just not reading words. We're just saying whatever comes into our head. Yeah. Just saying things, yeah. He, he did not seem to want to leave. He did not want to bite Howell. He let Michael take him for a run on Port Haven Marshes that night and the following morning. His aim seemed to be, a, seemed to, be to become a part of the household. Though, I, if I were you... I'd be upper folding. I'd be in upper folding, making sure to catch Letty on the rebound. Sophie told him. Howell was in and out of bed all the next day. When he was in bed, Michael had to tear up and down the stairs. When he was up, Michael had to race about measuring the castle with him and fixing metal brackets to every corner in between. Howell kept appearing robed in his quilt and clouds of dust to ask questions and make announcements, mostly for Sophie's benefit. Sophie, since you whitewashed all over the marks we made when we invented the castle, perhaps you can tell me where the marks in Michael's room were. No? said Sophie, sewing in her seventieth blue triangle. I can't. Howell sneezed sadly and retired. Shortly, he emerged again. Sophie, if we were to take that hat shop, what would we sell? Sophie found she had had enough of hats to last a lifetime. Not hats. She says. You can buy the shop, but not the business, you know. Apply your fiendish mind to the matter, said Howell. Or even think, if you know how. Well, and he weird. marched away up the stairs again. Man, there's a lot of Just salt mean. going on right now. <laughs> Five minutes later, he came down again. Sophie. Have you any reference about the other entrance? Preference. Preference. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> Where would you like us to live? 
Sophie instantly found her mind going to Mrs. Fairfax's house. I'd like a nice house with lots of flowers. She said. I see. Oh, no, hold on. <clears throat> I see. There we go. Croaked towel and marched away again. Next time he appeared, he was dressed. That made three times that day. Sophie thought nothing of it until Howell put on the velvet cloak Michael had used and became a pale, coughing, red-bearded man with a large red handkerchief under his nose. She realized Howell was going out then. You'll make your cold worse, she said. I shall die, and then you'll all be sorry. The red-bearded man said, and went out through the door with the knob green down. For an hour after that, Michael had time to work on his spell. Sophie got as far as her 84th blue triangle. Then the red-bearded man was back again. He shed the velvet cloak and became Howl, coughing harder than before, and if that was possible, than before, and if that was possible, more sorry for himself than ever. I took the shop. He told Michael. It's got a useful shed at the back and a house at the side. And I took the lot. I'm not sure what I shall pay for it all with, though. Not sure what I shall pay for it all with, though. <laughs> what about the money you get if you find Prince Justin? Michael asked. You forgot. You forget. Howl. The whole object of this operation is to not look for Prince Justin. We are going to vanish. <clears throat> and he went coughing upstairs to bed, where he shortly began shaking the beams, sneezing for attention again. Michael had to leave the spell and rush upstairs. Sophie had gone, except Sophie might have gone. Just no, there's no words. We're not using words tonight. Sophie might yeah. have gone, except the dog man got in the way when she tried. This was another part of his odd behavior. He did not like Sophie to do anything for Howell. Sophie felt this was fairly reasonable. She began on her 85th triangle. <laughs> Michael came cheerfully down and worked on his spell again. He was so happy that he was joining in Calcifer's saucepan song and chatting to the skull just as Sophie did while he worked. We're going to live in market shipping, he told the skull. I can go and see Letty every day. Is that why you told us Howl? Oh, wait, is that Sophie? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> is that why you told Howl about the shop? Sophie asked, threading her needle. By this time, she was on her 89th triangle. Yes. Michael said happily. Letty told me about it when we were wondering how we had... how we would ever see one another again. I told her... He was interrupted by Howl, trailing downstairs in his quilt again. This is positively my last appearance. Howl croaked. 
I forgot to say what Mrs. Pinstemon is being buried tomorrow on her estate near Port Haven. I shall need this suit cleaned. He brought the grey and scarlet suit out from inside of his coverlet and dropped it on Sophie's lap. There it is. <laughs> You're attending to the wrong suit. He told Sophie. This is the one I like. I haven't the energy to clean it myself. You don't need to go to the funeral, do you? Michael said anxiously. I wouldn't dream of staying away, said Howell. Mrs. Pinstemon made me the wizard I am. I have to pay my respects. But your cold's worse, said Michael. He's made his... He's made it worse, said Sophie. By getting up and chasing around... Howell at once put on his noblest expression. I'll be all right, he croaked. As long as I keep out of the sea wind, it's, it's a bitter place. The Penstemon estate, the trees all bent sideways, and there's no shelter for miles. Sophie knew he was just paying for sympathy. She snorted. And what about the witch? Michael asked. Howl coughed. I shall go piteously. I shall go in disguise. Probably another corpse. He said, trailing back towards the stairs. Howl in this segment of the book is all of Twitter. I'm just gonna throw that out there right now. Yeah. yeah. Just all so, all of the internet right now just beautiful comparison yeah every every little thing is just the the absolute monument of of it, it, whatever whatever it is just the absolute yep. height that it it's the worst be. yeah absolutely uh did you already say your line yep oh. then you need <clears throat> then you need a winding, winding sheet and not this suit. Sophie called after him. Howell trailed away upstairs without answering and Sophie did not protest. She now had the charmed suit in her hands and it was too good a chance to miss. She took up her scissors and hacked the grey and scarlet suit into seven jagged pieces. That ought to discourage Howell from wearing it. She got to work on the last triangles of the blue and silver suit, mostly little fragments from round the neck. It was very small indeed. It looked as if it might be too small for even Mrs. Penstemon's page boy. Michael, she said. Hurry up with that spell. It's urgent. Urgent, urgent, urgent. Emergency. Sorry. <clears throat> uh, I won't be long now. Michael said. Half an hour later, he checked things off on his list and said he thought he was ready. He came over to Sophie carrying a tiny bowl with a very small amount of green powder in the bottom. Mm, there I am. Where do you want it? Here, 
said Sophie, snipping off the last threads. She pushed the sleeping dog man aside and laid the child-sized suit on the floor. Michael, quite as carefully, tipped the bowl and sprinkled the powder on every inch of it. They both waited rather anxiously. A moment passed. Michael sighed with relief. The suit was gently spreading out larger. They watched it spread and spread until one side of it piled up against the dogman and Sophie had to pull it further away to give it room. After about five minutes, they both agreed the suit looked Howl's size again. Michael gathered it up carefully and shook the excess powder off onto the grate. Calcifer flared up and snarled. The dogman jumped in his sleep. Watch it, said Calcifer. That was strong. Sophie took the suit and hobbled upstairs on tiptoe with it. Howell was asleep on his grey pillows, and his spiders busily making new webs around him. He looked noble and sad in his sleep. Sophie hobbled to put the blue and silver suit on the old chest by the window trying to tell herself that the suit had got no larger since she picked it up. Uh-oh. <laughs> Still, if it stops you going to the funeral, that's no loss. She murmured as she took a look out of, a, of the window. The sun was low across the niece garden. A large, dark man was out there. Enthusiastically throwing a red ball towards Howell's nephew, Neil, who was standing with the look of, a, of patient suffering, holding a bat, so if he could see that the man was Neil's father. Snooping again, Howell said suddenly behind her. Sophie swung around guiltily to find Howell was only half awake, really. He may have even thought it was the day before, because he said, Teach me to keep off envy's stings. That's all part of the past years now. I love Wales, but it doesn't love me. Megan's full of envy because she's respectable and I'm not. Then he woke up a little more and asked, What are you doing? What is that? What am I? What is the voice? What is going on right now? Couldn't tell you, man. Just putting out your suit for you, Sophie said, and hobbled hastily away. Howell must have gone back to sleep. He did not emerge again that night. There was no sign of him stirring when Sophie and Michael got up the next morning. They were careful not to disturb him. Neither of them felt that going to Mrs. Penstemon's funeral was a good idea. Michael crept out onto the hills to take the dogman for a run. Sophie tiptoed about getting breakfast, hoping Howell would oversleep. There was still no sign of Howell when Michael came back. 
The dogman was starving hungry. Sophie and Michael were hunting in the closet for things a dog could eat when they heard Howl coming slowly downstairs. Sophie. Howl's voice said accusingly. He was standing holding the door to the stairs open with an arm that was entirely hidden inside an immense blue and silver sleeve. His feet on the bottom of the stairs were standing inside of the top half of a gigantic blue and silver jacket. Howell's other arm did not come anywhere near the other huge sleeve. So if we could see the arm in outline was making bulging gestures under the vast frills of the collar. Behind Howell, the stairs were full of blue and silver suit trailing all the way to his bedroom. Oh dear. That sounds strange. Said Michael. Howell, it was my fault. I... Your fault? Said Garbage. Howell. I can detect Sophie's hand a mile off. And there are several miles of this suit. Sophie, dear. Where is my Sophie hurriedly fetched the pieces of the grey and scarlet suit out of the broom cupboard where she had hidden them. Howell surveyed them. Well, that's something. I had been expecting it to be too small to see. Give it here. All seven of it. Sophie held the bundled grey and scarlet cloth out toward him. Howell, with a bit of searching, succeeded in finding his hand inside the multiple folds of the blue and silver sleeve, and working it through a gap between the two tremendous stitches, he grabbed the bundle off her. He I am said, now going to get ready for the funeral please both of you refrain from doing anything whatsoever while I do I can tell Sophie is in top form at the moment and I want this room the usual size when I come back into it he set off with dignity to the bathroom wading in the blue and silver suit the rest of the blue and silver suit followed him dragging step by step down the stairs and rustling across the floor. By the time that Howell was in the bathroom, most of the jacket was on the ground floor and the trousers were appearing on the stairs. Howell half shut the bathroom door and seemed to go on hauling the suit in hand over hand. Sophie and Michael and the dogman stood watching yard after yard of the blue or silver fabric proceed across the floor, decorated with the occasional silver button the size of a millstone, and enormous regular rope-like stitches where there may have been nearly a mile of it. I don't think I got the spell quite Michael right. said when the last huge scalloped edge had disappeared around the bathroom door. And he didn't let you know it, said Calcifer. 
Oh, and didn't he let you know said it? Said Calcifer. Another log, please. Michael gave Calcifer a log. Sophie fed the dog man. But neither of them dared do anything much else except stand around and eat bread and honey for breakfast. And how until ca my fucking frickin' friggin' mouth. Watch mouth. Watch not mouth. working. Until Howl came out of the bathroom. He came forth two hours later out of a steam and verbenescented spells. He was in all in black. His suit was black, his boots were black, and his hair was black too. The same blue raven black that Miss Black as Miss Angorian's. His earring was a long jet pendant. Sophie wondered if the black hair was in honor of Mrs. Penstemon. She agreed with Mrs. Penstemon that the black hair suited Howell. His green glass eyes went better with it. But she wondered very much which suit the black one really was. Howell conjured himself a black tissue and blew his nose on it. The window rattled. He picked up one of the slices of bread and honey from the bench and beckoned the dogman. The dogman looked dubious. I only want you where I can look. Howell croaked. His cold was still bad. Come here, Pooch. As the dog crawled reluctantly to the middle of the room, Howell added, You won't find my other suit in the bathroom, Mrs. Snoop. You're not getting your hands on any more of my clothes. On any of my clothes. Sophie stopped tiptoeing toward the bathroom and watched Howell walk round the dogman, eating bread and honey, blowing his nose by turns. What do you think of this as he a said, disguise? He flicked the black tissue at Calcifer and started to fall forward onto his hands and knees. Almost as he started to move, he was gone. By the time he touched the floor, he was a curly red setter, just like the dogman. The dogman was taken completely by surprise, and his instincts got the better of him. His hackles came up, his ears lowered, and he growled. Howl played up. Or else, he felt the same. The two identical dogs walked round one another, glaring, growling, bristling, and getting ready to fight. Sophie caught the tail of one she thought was the dogman. Michael grabbed for one he thought was Howl. Howl rather hastily turned back into himself. Sophie found the tall black person standing in front of her and let go of Howl's jacket. The dogman sat down on Michael's feet, staring tragically. Said Good. Howl. If I can deceive another dog, I can fool everyone else. No one at the funeral is going to notice a stray dog lifting its leg against the gravestone. He went to the door and turned the knob blue down. Wait a minute. If you're going to the funeral as a red setter, why take all the trouble of getting yourself up? Howell lifted his chin and looked noble. 
respect to Mrs. He Penston. He said, opening the door. She liked the one... She liked one to think of all the details. He went out into the street of Port Haven. And there we end this chapter of Howl's Moving Castle. A rather uneventful chapter. Well, I don't know if it was say. uneventful. I just well, maybe maybe uninteresting. Not a not a whole lot uh, to go on. Sophie and and Michael, you know, they they made a giant suit. They well, they took a tiny suit and they made it a giant suit. Um, you know who that would have been great who? for? The world's tallest short man and the shortest. Hey, throwback to an old episode. If you guys haven't listened to the uh, Phantom Tollbooth season of uh, Endless Epic, I strongly recommend it. It is good stuff and it is classic. If you're fresh to the podcast, I strongly, strongly recommend starting off with uh, the, oh, yeah. the Phantom Tollbooth. Phantom Tollbooth is just classic, classic books, so. I, I still have I still have a uh, an annotated edition to give away from season one because we we put out a contest and apparently it was it was too difficult because nobody did it <laughs> so uh, <laughs> well maybe we'll put out a contest that's much simpler at the end of probably this this season because the dark tale season is yeah dark tale never going gone to for end. a long time we might end up having to make those episodes a lot longer just so that we can get through so. without having a thousand episodes of the podcast i then again i don't yeah i don't think that yeah, i don't this think that anybody's going to be weeks. complaining about a thousand episodes of the podcast considering most people who listen really enjoy the episodes yeah, I'm sure they won't, but I mean, <laughs> we can only do that so much. <laughs> not that I'm opposed to it. We are having fun. That's not the point. <laughs> well, did you, did just, you did you notice anything only... <laughs> uh, particular about this uh, chapter that that might come into context later on in the book? can't say that I did. Uh, the only thing that I I really have to add is uh, one is that Sophie's talking to the dog a lot. Right, which we've we know makes well, things also, interesting. The dog we'll say. refuses to let Sophie go near Howl when he's not around. When the dog's not around. Yeah. Like, if the dog is there, he doesn't want her to be near Howl. Do... So... Right. Yeah, that is... That is pretty interesting. I don't I don't think I... Uh, <clears throat> fully remember why that happens. Um, but I guess we'll just have yeah. to wait and find out. I, I, I don't... I don't fully remember who the the dog turns out to be. I don't remember, but he he, he ends up being somebody somebody of relative importance. I just I don't remember who. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, that's really all I've got, man. So I mean, I guess people people should uh, follow you on the Instagram over at Ann Sean A N N S E A N. Uh, and of course, real thick Jesus on TikTok and the Twitters. And of course, you guys know I am at the real slim Jesus on TikTok and real slim Jesus on Twitter and Instagrams. And of course, Black Dragon Tavern on all of the things. And of course, you guys can follow the Endless Epic YouTube channel where we have read-throughs of classical stories for you to go to bed to. Um, and there will be more adding to that as the days come forth. Uh, but yeah, man, that's that's really all I've uh, I've got. Yes, it's a really un uneventful chapter. I, there there's some stuff that's mentioned around the dog, and a couple of things that that Howell says about like the markings in Michael's room that I know become relevant later on. Uh, I just don't remember exactly what it is, so I don't have a whole lot I can commentate on them. Yeah. This this part of the book becomes very hazy for me. Like I don't I don't remember a lot of what happens. Um. So yeah, I'm like I'm just kind of I'm looking forward to what comes right. next. Right, and I it's interesting because we we do see a little bit of this of Howell coming down in his blanket and whatnot in in the movie, but yeah. it's painted much differently. In the movie. Yeah, it was like not not nearly that yeah. I I, I genuinely like how um Hayao Miyazaki did that film. Um because again, I could it takes the necessities, like it takes what you need to know and like condenses it into a you know, solid hour so I don't remember how long it is specifically, or hour so film. Um, like reading the book just enhances the movie. Oh, excuse me. Which I've said multiple times, but I'll say it again because you know it's relevant. Re yeah, reading the it book really is. is. Just you, you get you you get to visualize a lot of really interesting things that you wouldn't have noticed otherwise. And we 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 would mention that in just about every episode. But it, it there's a lot of stuff that you. Oh, excuse me there's a lot of stuff you come across in the book that ends up being like a, oh my god moment for the movie because it's, it's all there visually even yeah. if it's not there narratively so it ends up like even even 100%. the bucket and the mop in the closet 100% being like a thing right <laughs> so it, it's it, yeah, I, yeah I love it that's all that there's going to be for this evening, though. Shout out to everyone who follows the podcast. We love you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, and to everybody who listens on a weekly basis, you guys are beasts. And big shout out to all of our patrons who support uh, on a monthly basis. You guys are also incredible. Thank you so much. Apologies for the lack of consistency. Yes. We are thank you guys back for being the, the last couple of weeks. It it will it, yeah it will be back up to par. We promise. And uh, yeah, until next time, guys. Stay bloodthirsty and remember. And we will see you guys next time oh, we turn hey. the page. Bye bye.
Uh, I am. I'm live on my end. Wow. Live yeah. from New York. It's Saturday it's night. Friday night. That's Saturday night. It's Thursday morning. Friday morning. Yep. The classic. Yep, 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 yep. The classic <sighs> comedy skit show. Friday morning. Yeah. Live from uh, the outskirts of Chicago in an offbeat studio that was um, underfunded, so it ended up being sold to a uh, a Detroit-based improv group, who later turned it into a theater, who later turned it into a movie studio, who later turned it into a television studio. Um, it's quite the opening. <laughs> Yeah, now now it's on access cable. Oh, got it. Now now it's on access cable. Yeah. Friday morning live. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's talking about it. The must watch show. The must watch show of nineteen ninety eight. Why why computers got a lie? I know this is kind of off subject from when we were just, you know, totally enthralling topic we were just talking about but i'm transferring some files right now from my camera and it told uh -huh. me it was going to take an hour and a half it's 40 percent of the way done and it's been four minutes <laughs> so is that last like 10 percent just going to take like <laughs> 70 well, minutes Maybe it's transferring all your small files first, and then it's going to transfer all your big ones later. They're all the same files. They're all photos. There's no variant in file size. Maybe, maybe you know, kilobytes here and there, but nothing drastic. <laughs> it's it's very bizarre. It's all photos. There's no reason for it to do this. It's it's lying to me. Perhaps it's going to wait to transfer all of your photos of sunsets till the end, and it's just going to, going to take a little while to do it. That's rude, first of all. <laughs> I only take photos of sunsets sometimes now. Like, that's rude. I only take photos of sunrises, not sunsets. That was a case for, for a cool minute when I was getting up at the ass crack of dawn. The crack ass of dawn. The crack ass of dawn. Yee-hoo, motherfucker. We're not supposed to swear on this podcast. That's... Pff, yeah, and I didn't. Mother <laughs> trucker with the peas and totally rice. I totally didn't mean to do that. All right, uh, a moment of silence, if you please. <clears throat> 